He took his time, enjoying the feeling of cool refrigerated air washing over his bare legs. Nobody telling him to hurry up, move it along now, no dawdling. The restaurant below the motel didn't open until seven. Jack decided to walk down to the beach, stick his feet in the ocean, maybe look up at the fading stars. When was the last time he'd seen them? So long ago that someone else was president. Making it to the beach wasn't as easy as he'd thought. There was a six-lane highway blocking his path and middle guardrails up the middle. After some wandering about like an idiot, Jack finally spotted a traffic light about 50 yards to the right of the roadhouse. But there was no pedestrian path. Even at this early hour, traffic was constant in both directions. What, were people supposed to just stand there and squint at the ocean? After a while, Jack discovered a staircase that looked like it led down to a subway platform. Instead, it was a pedestrian tunnel that burrowed under the six-lane road. The tunnel was dark and smelled like piss and salt. Well, what choice did Jack have if he wanted to step into the Pacific? Halfway through the tunnel, he started having those bad feelings again, as if the miraculous reversal of these past few months were nothing more than a dream, as if he were still inside, and he'd reach out and feel the concrete wall again and hear the rusty springs groan beneath his weight. The temptation to turn back was strong. His heart raced. The animal part of his brain screamed this was a trap. Run, run away now. But the perverse part of his brain, Jack liked to think this was his genuine self, forced him to keep going anyway. So what if it was a trap? If he wasn't fooled by this one, it'd be another one. Might as well get it over with. Soon Jack found a set of stairs leading up to the dimly lit beach. Out in the darkness, the waves smashed onto a surf he couldn't see. He sat down on the sand and waited for God to turn up the dimmer switch. When he saw the first glimmer of pink on the horizon, he wept. He wasn't exactly sure why, but he knew it had been years since he'd allowed himself to feel so intensely. A strange thing, bottling up the tears for so long, but it was a matter of survival. During the trial, he had still been in a state of shock. He listened to his attorneys, his attorneys told him how to feel and what to project to the jury. When things didn't go his way, he clamped down on his emotions. You never want to show weakness behind bars, because that would mean certain death. He kept on clamping down until just yesterday, when he was finally released. Only now could he feel. He was surprised by the power of his grief. It was almost like a seizure, the way it racked his body. For a while, he thought he might be permanently deranged by grief. He thought he might keep crying forever, that his tears would overwhelm the Pacific and kill a lot of people on the other side of the ocean. But then, the sun finished climbing its way into the sky, and pink turned to blue. Jack clamped it down again and felt the cool breeze off the water, the spray on his face. The Pacific seemed to tell him, your tears are nothing. I've been collecting them from your kind for millennia. A while later, he started back toward the roadhouse. Only then did it occur to Jack that he was wearing skivvies and nothing else. He also had no idea what time it was. He didn't own a watch. The one Jack used to wear was still locked up in evidence somewhere. On the way back, 
Jack skipped the tunnel and decided to take his chances with the road, which turned out to be the Pacific Coast Highway. Now that he could see properly, there was a way to make it across if you time the cars making the left turn from Entrada Drive. Jack didn't see the roadhouse very clearly last night since they'd arrived so late, but now in the bright sun it revealed itself as bright green and absurd. Plastered dinosaurs and vampires and pirates and mummies and oversized insects lined the roof, as if gathered on the two-story building for a cocktail party. If you gave a five-year-old a shoebox and asked him to design a motel, this was pretty much what they'd come up with. He didn't mind it. He couldn't wait to show his daughter in a few days. As Jack walked across the parking lot, he could hear the 1940s swing music they piped over the loudspeakers all day.